Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and today I'm taking Psalm 131 and talking about integrity and leadership in your life. Integrity can be your guide. Even if you don't hear from the Holy Spirit or can't find a scripture on what you're doing, integrity, the Bible tells us, can be our guide. Let's talk about today from the Word of God. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello again. Welcome to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. I'm going to be teaching today and probably for four or five days or maybe even more on the subject of the leadership secrets of David. I have a book called The Leadership Secrets of David the King, and the book will be available to you. They'll come on during the break between the two halves and uh, just simply show you how that you can have a copy of that for yourself. And it's made from a very simple psalm. David wrote a very short psalm in Psalm 131 on leadership secrets, and there's four principles given in this particular particular verse that we'll be talking about. But I've taught it before, but I want to apply it this time a lot to church leadership. And if you have a class, if you are a, even the head of the ushers or something like that, headship begins there and I'm going to apply it into the family. And I think they'll be very important. So again, I have another book called uh, God's Word to Pastors, and this will be available to uh, the, wor- uh, the Word of God, those who teach the Word of God, minister the Word of God, but simply showing you again too that no one starts out in the office of a pastor. I have a story that there was a, a young man that came to our church. I taught at Rama Bible Training Center. And uh, then after I had worked for the Kenneth Hagin Ministries for some seven years, I stepped into the office of the pastor of the church that my wife and I were attending and had attended from the very beginning when it first started with 50 people. We were part of the 50 people that started the church. Our pastor had it for seven years and it grew to 1,200 people. The next pastor came along, had it for a year and a half, and then I became the pastor. And so I, I didn't start out in the church, you know, now in, in Kenneth Hagin Ministries, I began just running cassette tapes. You remember cassette tapes, reel-to-reel tapes. You've really got to be old to remember reel-to-reel tapes. But I made the radio broadcasts and then the product that they sold. And so I worked in that department before I ever became a teacher in the school. In the church, it was even more dramatic than that. Than that. I just helped with the audio department. I had some background in audio, so I ran the PA system, brought it to church, set it up in our basically buildings we met in, which were not church buildings, but we had to set up and tear down every single Sunday. I did that for some seven years. And so uh, the uh, church itself began to grow. And as I was uh, attending there, I just moved from position to position and finally became a teacher in the church, had a Sunday school class in the evening because that's where the pastor decided to have the classes we would break up into. And uh, I taught that for some time. The, the class began to grow. And then eventually the pastor asked me, because our church got our my class got so big in the church that it, they couldn't fit it into this room. And so pastor simply started teaching for a month on Sunday night in the main auditorium. Then I would teach for a month in the evening, uh, on Sunday evening in the church auditorium. And so that's how it all began. And then from there, I became the pastor of the church. And so I, I didn't start out just in any position of authority. I just started out just finding something to do, or if they ever had you know choices to do things, I would take it. And just my wife and I helped in any way we possibly could. We even helped set up baby cribs for a while as the church, you know, in the nursery department. So whatever we could find to do and literally becoming content in that. My whole thing was I just wanted to serve God. 
And if serving God was helping with the sound system or running tapes after church services were over, things like that, I would just do it for the rest of my life. I just wanted to be where God had a church and I would just find a position. And in each level, I proved myself to God. Didn't know that's what I was doing. I was just you know, doing what I was supposed to do or asked to do or decided to do and didn't know I was being approved by God. And eventually there came a day when at uh, Kenneth Hagin Ministries, they asked me to become a teacher at the school. And then from there, I became Dean of Instructors. From there, I became the pastor of the church and had the church for 33 years. And so I, I kept getting those principles across to people, just be content where you are. If you never get out of this position, quit using this as some kind of things to promote yourself into something else. Quit looking at promotion and look at satisfaction. Every person you help is eternal. And whatever you do on earth, God's gonna reward in heaven. So this is what I did. And I found this in this particular Psalm, Psalm 131. Again, there's only three verses to this Psalm. It's one of those uh, Psalms of degrees, a very short one, Songs of Ascents, it's actually called too. So let's take a look at it. Psalm 131, let's take a look at verses one through three. Here David says, a song of ascents of David. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty, neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. Let Israel hope in the Lord from this time on and forever. Where David talked about Israel, we could talk about the church, the body of Christ. So let those that are believers hope in the Lord from this time on and forever. David became a leader of leaders. He became a parent of parents, raising some good kids, although some rebelled. He raised Solomon after that, and Solomon went on to be the next king and was again probably next to Jesus. Even Jesus said so. There has not been a wiser one arose than him, greater than me. He said, next to me, he said, Solomon is the wisest man that ever existed. So what's being brought out in this particular Psalm, again, Psalm 131, and we're going to talk about today is that promotion comes by degrees, a little at a time. Just start wherever you can. And uh, if it's serving one person, two people, serving a few babies, uh, working in a Sunday school area, working with youth, whatever it might be. You may be back in some room somewhere with the door closed. Nobody knows you're back there. But the whole point is you don't care who knows you're back there. God knows you're back there. And you're not doing it to please people. You're doing it to please the Lord. You're doing as best a job as you can. And your your skills develop, your confidence develops. And this is how it always does. You never start in a high position. Even if you get a job in some organization, you don't step into middle management, never have had the job before. No, you start out where you're pushing brooms, working with them. Then you might be one day be the head of the broom pushers and you move from there into the mail department. Then after that, you become the head of the mail department. And then you move up and one day you end up being part of upper management. And then maybe one day you might even even take over the ownership of the business or the uh, leader of the business. So with this, we come back to it that this is the way that promotion comes is degrees at a time, starting at whatever level you can. The reason why this is so important is this particular story is there was a man behind uh, David named Ziba. And Ziba came over from the destruction of Saul's kingdom and came over into David's kingdom. And we think uh, by reading about him that Ziba has just totally dedicated himself to David as the next king. But uh, Ziba felt like he was mistreated under Saul and wants to gain it back under David. So he really had an agenda behind what he was doing. And so we find here, in the, that's the background of this psalm. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, we have the introduction to Ziba. This is found in verse 1 through 13. 
and he looks like a dedicated man. Anything David wants, he goes and does. But there was an agenda behind it. And listen, God looks at the heart more than he does the actions. God looked at Ziba's agenda more than he looked at what Ziba was doing. And then in 2 Samuel 16, verses 1 through 4, we find Ziba's evil heart coming out. And he decided to worm his way into the leadership of the family to eventually take over. Then in chapter 19 of 2 Samuel, verses 24 through 30, we have Ziba's reward in that he did pull off a, a coup. He did lie. And in that lie, he gained some property. But the point of it is he may have gained property, but he lost everything else. What I mean by that is you may actually get what you're going after, but because your heart's not right, you're going to sacrifice a lot of things in life. The main thing in life is not just a promotion, but character that'll match that, uh, that promotion. And when you finally get it, then you have the character to maintain it. A lot of people are given positions and don't have the character to maintain it and use it strictly on their own lusts. And this is what, again, Ziba was going to do. So Psalm 131 is called Promotion by Degrees. And it's a song of degrees, advancements of David. That's how it begins, a song of degrees. And we're talking about here, the Hebrew word is ma'alah. It means advancements of David, possible meanings of the 15 songs of degrees. There are 15 of these, of these Psalms of degrees, and uh, there's three possibilities. Number one is it was the Jews' journey back to the promised land after captivity. And it talks about the fact that here they'd gone from Egypt, they down now to the, uh, out in the wilderness and they crossed the Jordan, they went into the promised land. And there was degrees that occurred across there and shows also your spiritual journey. Possibly also they were sung on the 15 steps of the temple of Solomon as they went up every step they, they quoted and sang these particular 15 Psalms of degrees. And then they're used as pilgrim songs. They're taught as pilgrim songs, probably sung by the tribes coming to Jerusalem for the feast. But one thing is for sure, no matter what their background, no matter exactly what they mean, of which we don't know exactly what they means, what the word is talking about is these are gradual Psalms, movement toward a destination and David's toward a goal of in life to where he became the king and talks about in reflection in this psalm, looking back over it, that nothing in life comes all of a sudden. You take this level, prove yourself there, go to that level, prove yourself there. And it comes back to it. This is really psalms of character, psalms of growth, songs of spiritual destination, one step at a time to you arrive where God wants you. And David, by the end of his life, had great influence over this entire nation and became known as the greatest king that Israel ever had. David was him. So again, it comes back to spiritual growth. Nothing after salvation comes in one step. Romans chapter 12, verses one through three says this, I beseech you brothers by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Notice this, by the mercies of God, we present our outward life a living sacrifice to God, not just on the inside, but our body begins to be a servant of the Holy Spirit and of the knowledge of the word of God on the inside of us. He says, holy, notice it's acceptable to God. I don't wanna just be acceptable to people. I'm not out to impress people. I'm out to impress God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are we transformed and how does the renewing of our mind occur? A degree at a time that you may prove what is that good, 
more acceptable, and finally the perfect will of God. You move from the good will and here, and then move to the more acceptable will of God. God begins to more accept what you have. In the good will of God, you're learning. At the acceptable will of God, you've started learning, and now you're taking steps that are acceptable to God and finally move into the perfect will of God. And Psalm 37 and verse 23 says, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. How often do we in the Christian life want to get somewhere in one big step? Lord, what is the key to the kingdom? What's the key to this area? And God says, no, there's keys. There's the keys to the kingdom. Every part of your life has different keys to it. And we learn to progress up those steps. So the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Whom shall shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Those that are weaned from the milk, drawn from the breast, it will be line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, Isaiah chapter 28, verses nine and 10. Oh, the growth that comes in the Christian life is a little at a time, a little at a time, a little at a time, and natural growth is the example of spiritual growth that comes steps by steps, degrees a little bit at a time. Now, the book that I'm teaching from again is called Leadership Secrets of David the King, and this is just one of them. We'll take some, some other areas as we go further into it. But again, David learned this principle. He learned it early in life, starting out at his home, taking care of sheep, then ended up killing Goliath, ended up from there becoming a major part of Saul's army, and then later on eventually became the king. Everything by degrees. When we come back after the break, we'll continue right here, but I want you to have a copy of Leadership Secrets of David the King. Godly promotion seems always to come in steps. Slow growth allows us to learn valuable lessons on the way up, so once we reach the top, we can stay there and truly enjoy the benefits of success. It took many years from the time that David was anointed king until he became king of Israel. Those who advance too quickly because of their own efforts and talents often find the descent quicker than the ascent. Pastor Bob Yandian has based this book, Leadership Secrets of David the King, on Psalm 131, which reveals the secrets of David's successful leadership that he learned while ruling as king over Israel. To order The Leadership Secrets of David the King, visit our website at bobyandian.com. This newly revised and expanded handbook is packed with biblical wisdom and practical guidance from the pastoral trenches. It will help to equip and encourage you in your ministry. Bobby Indian, a veteran pastor of more than 30 years, provides answers to common questions relating to your everyday pastoral duties and personal life. Bob covers topics such as the first pastor's conference in Acts 20, passion versus calling, daily schedules, living a balanced life, wolves after your sheep, the glorious church, pastors need pastors, whose flock do you pastor, spiritual workaholics, family before ministry, the pastor's heart, and the bond of peace. Bob will help you apply timeless biblical wisdom to the issues and dynamics of today's pastoral ministry. To order, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. 
If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. In this particular section of Leadership Secrets of David the King, I am talking about growth coming a little at a time, here a little, there a little. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52 that Jesus increased in favor and wisdom and stature with God. Mark 4.20 says it's some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. So it's commonly seen in the word of God, we grow by degrees. I just wanna say this to those who are now partners with me. I've seen the growth that's come in you. In fact, some of you have indicated that growth that's come into you because you started out giving a certain amount, you increased it later to another amount, you increased it to another amount. And I just wanna say thank you because what you're showing is by sticking with the word of God and even, listen, I'm not saying I'm the master of everything. I'm just simply saying I have my part and other ministers have their part. And when, you know, if, you, if you're giving into other great ministries, please keep on giving there. But listen, if this ministry has affected you and you find yourself learning from it, then why don't you begin to become a partner with me? And that partnership grows like everything else in the Christian life. And you increase watching me in your own spiritual life, some 30, then 60, and 100 fold. And as you do, God begins to bless you. You cannot grow in the things of God and be open to God without finding out that financial blessing comes your way. But the financial blessing is given to you as you increase in knowledge, or in other words, maturity. Maturity is how that increases in your life so that as you become mature and God brings finances in, your life, you'll spend it on your maturity, not on your own lusts. And so because you love the word of God, you start giving into it. And then as you love the word of God more, you give into it. And I just simply want to say, if you're a partner, why don't you pray about the fact that, you know, if you've grown, let's increase the giving. Because why? With the increase of giving, we can reach more people. We can purchase more uh, product. We can purchase more things for the for the kingdom of God, cameras, equipment, things like that. Thank you for being faithful to give. And if you're not a partner, but you've been watching for some time, I mean, you have learned things one program after another. Why don't you just say, I want to become a partner with Bob. I'm not telling you what to give. That's between you and God as you purpose in your heart. So give not grudgingly or of necessity. God loves a cheerful giver. Can you give out of cheerfulness to God for what he's done for you? Understanding something too, the money you are giving is going to go to work in God's kingdom and it will be rewarded in heaven when you get there. So if you'd like to become a partner with me, then go to bobgandian.com. You'll find a place on our website where you can become a partner with me. And I thank you in advance for being faithful. Let's talk about this natural growth as compared to spiritual growth. Again, natural growth is an example of spiritual growth and it comes by degrees. A child is born, it learns to walk, and then it might fall a few times or a lot of times and finally gets up to where it falls rarely. And that's that's called growing up, but also like a natural understanding. When you go to school, you start out with simple math. One plus one is two, uh, two plus three is five. And then it gets into higher math as it goes on, it gets into algebra and goes on into trigonometry. And it just keeps on spinning out there, but everything's built upon everything else. So it is in the Christian life. And I was raised in church, never knew I had a call to the ministry, just loved to go to church. Even when I went to college and tried, you know, stretched myself a little bit and Got to, you know, start doing, you know, some things I couldn't do back at home and stuff and and uh, was running around with kids, not quite doing all my homework, but there was no parents there to watch over me. There were still things that stuck with me and that was especially going to church. And so no matter where I was going to college, I went to church, made myself faithful to be there, got involved a little bit. But again, my life was just that way until one day in college, I took a a course, or I took one of those things on speech, you know, it was a speech class, and I gave my first speech and found out 
I could talk in front of people. I was always, you know, kind of shy and things like that. But boy, when I stood in front of them, some things came out and I thought, hey, I can do this. And that was the first wake up call. I might have a job to where I spoke in front of people and then it came across later, God called me into the ministry. So how do we increase? It says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Notice that your spiritual favor is attached to increasing in wisdom and stature in front of people and in front of God. Mark chapter four and verse 20 tells us our growth is some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Although it's talking about finances, it also talks about your natural spiritual growth. Mark chapter four and verse 28 says, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Third John verse two says, we prosper at our health as our soul prospers. And we keep on learning, but we keep on prospering. Everything in the Christian life is attached to growth, except for the new birth. When you get born again, you're fully born again. You never increase in being born again. But after that, that increases in your daily life. Proverbs chapter 23, verses four and five tell us that really time is your friend, not your enemy. It says, labor not to be rich, for riches certainly make themselves wings. They'll fly away as an eagle toward heaven. So again, taking time, learning things, maybe not advancing today like you did yesterday. In fact, some days it looked like you took a step backwards, but you look overall at the week and you took two or three steps forward. So sometimes the, your advancement is so slow that sometimes it can actually get on your nerves that why am I not increasing faster? And one day you'll look back and thank God for slow advancement. Quick advancement can be lost. Time allows your character to develop with every promotion that comes your way. If advancement takes longer, thank the Lord. Once promotion does come, you'll be able to keep it and enjoy it. Why? Because promotion comes because of faithfulness, but then keeping it comes because of using it again and again where God can trust you with it and you move on to even greater things. You never stop maturing. You never stop increasing. Here I am right now in my 70s. I started out in the ministry in my 20s. I know so much more today, but I can tell you this, I don't quit. There never comes a time when God says, ha, huh, you've learned enough. Man, I just keep on learning. And if I never preach it, I never teach it, it's for my own benefit. And I love to be able to see things in the word of God and trust somewhere I'll be able to teach it to other people. But if not, it was for me first of all and helped my character, helped my development that even though years ago I came probably to a peak of my of my physical life and then begin to head somewhat downhill after that. Never in my spiritual life do I come to a peak and then be go downhill after that. I'd like it to be said that even on my deathbed, I want to be studying God's word and, and do that and pass from here into eternity, still increasing in the knowledge of God. We're all guilty of trying to help the Lord. Every one of us are. Second Samuel chapter 16, David was anointed to be king. He slew Goliath, became the king's armor bearer. He became Saul's enemy and ran from Saul out of fear. Notice that. He started out in simple faith, running after God, chasing after him. But one day, his fear of God, his reverence of God, was replaced by a natural evil fear of Saul, and he ran from him. In First Samuel chapter 21, David ended up at Nob. He ran to Gath and got Goliath's sword 
it and took it to Gath and then stood there in the place where Goliath was from and finally came to himself. What am I doing here? He was carnal in carnality at the time. First Samuel chapter 22, David found himself in the cave of Adullam and this is when he came back to himself. And David then took a bunch of misfits and made an army out of them. God always likes to take nobodies and make somebodies out of them. David started as a nobody came to be a somebody, but then began to depend on him being a somebody. Listen, it's all right to be a somebody if you're a somebody in God. If you're a somebody in God, you understand something. Without God, I'm still a nobody, but with him, I can do all things. So David's successes came degrees at a time. First Samuel chapter 26, David entered Saul's camp. Saul was asleep, his, enemy, his, his army was asleep, and he came and took his water and took his spear and then later on regretted doing it because he just simply took advantage of Saul and wanted Saul to know, I'm still smart enough and you were asleep and I came and took this, but he found out later he should never have done that. He should not have taken the man in authority and did what he did to him. David's men had an opportunity to kill Saul in a cave and David David said, no, he said, you'll not touch God's anointed, even though he was carnal and that Saul was evil at the time and operating under evil, even control of demons. He said, he's still God's anointed. I will not touch him. While King David's son Absalom formed a revolt against him. And David during that whole time maintained the correct attitude and Absalom's revolt failed and Absalom ended up dying. So again, we have all of this. What is the purpose of growing a little at a time? It's development in patience. Patience is the key. God is patient, long-suffering, giving more each time of each day so that people can be saved. God's more interested in the trip and we seem to be only interested in the destination. We just wanna be there. I remember growing up, me and my sister in the backseat, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And my mom would tell us, just count cows. Let's get interested in the trip. Look at the different types of trees. Look at all these things around us. And so I learned through that somewhat, maybe more later from the word of God, is to really be more interested in the trip. Who cares if it takes a little longer to get there? I'm gonna be smarter when I get there than when I started. Maturity mainly comes through pressure and through times. And so what are we getting back to today? What I wanna to talk to you about here just at the end of the broadcast is your integrity gives you guidance. And yes, guidance comes from the word of God, guidance comes from the Holy Spirit, but it also comes from just the fact that you've developed integrity through the years. Proverbs chapter 11, we're gonna take a look at verses three, five, and six. Verse three says, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perseverance or the falsehood or the lies of the transgressor will destroy them. Verses five and six, the righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall into his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright will deliver them, but transgressors will be taken in their own iniquity. It simply comes back to this. Integrity can guide you without seeking scripture or prayer. It comes back to this. What would integrity do? Integrity would make this decision. And so as you're in your business life, you're not led by the Wall Street Journal. You might be informed by them, but you're still guided by integrity. How do I treat my customers correctly in a church? How do I treat my parishioners correctly? How do I treat this youth group correctly, children's group directly? You're not led by the Wall Street Journal. You're led by your integrity. You're not led by the news of the day. You're led by integrity. You're either being led by integrity or self-centeredness. 
Greed will bring guilt, sorrow will bring guilt, and eventually destruction. Integrity will bring joy and peace and spiritual stability and will not bring destruction, but bring maturity into your life. Psalm 25 and verse 21 says, let integrity and uprightness preserve me. I wait on you, O Lord. Psalm 26 and verse one, judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. I've trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide or I shall not waver. Proverbs 13, six, righteousness sustains him that is upright in his way, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. And finally, Proverbs 28, 18, whoever walks in uprightness will be spared, but he that is perverse in his ways shall fall immediately. It simply comes back to this, not only walk with God and be obedient to him, but develop in your life that character and that character will sustain you. And eventually one day will even be a guide. His, your integrity will show you what to do. Integrity is as much guidance from God as hearing from the Holy Spirit or a scripture coming to you. Integrity is what God is looking for in your life. And Christians ought to have the best integrity around. And I'm simply saying this, it'll preserve you in whatever you do. See you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.